It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. that applause you don't hear it that often not enough and we haven't heard it for 10 we, months it's been a long time it it hasn't been that long yes it has june okay but it's okay june's we're, like we're, yes it's still a long like time 20 years ago welcome covid years to everybody hello everybody welcome back from the uh dunbean single world yeah. headquarters abyss abyss so how are you uh i'm how have you been uh pretty good you know <laughs> consider I have a sprained elbow so I'm not playing tennis so what have you been doing for the last 10 months Ugh, not this but wishing we were doing this yeah well so to refresh your memory we're done being single we are done being single and uh, we have to remind ourselves we are a dating and singles and relationship podcast Robbie and I are um, first time marriage marriage first timers in our 50s soon to yes. be in our <clears throat> Some of us are already almost and, midway through um, that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, this whole show started from my blog called The Late Blooming Bride. And back 100 years, someone, some very bright person at Voice America, uh, Talk Radio Network, contacted me to ask if I'd be interested in turning the blog into a podcast. And I said, yes, only if Robbie could join me. And he said, yes. And so... The birth of and that was a done big being mistake. single, yes. And here we are, four years later, with some breaks. Some breaks. It's been a tough couple years, uh, you know. Just to refresh everyone's memory, uh, I lost both my parents, and uh, so Robbie can't play that sound effect anymore. You mean this one? Yes. I can't rag on my mom anymore. She's not here. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wrong. Well, she's, you know, around. Yes, very much. So, uh, so yeah, so we took a little bit of a break, and but I actually did something kind of great during this time. I finished a book. I wrote a self-help memoir, and that's coming out next February. Uh, working title is Confession- Confessions of a Late Blooming Bride. And I will say that our guest today, it was our first guest back, so we were kind of like lost our virginity, and then we found our virginity. Now we're losing it again, right? Because it's like all new again. Duena Welch is our guest. And Duena, um, coincidentally, well, not so coincidentally, because I, I know of her and love her, and she gave me a ton of great content and quotes for my book and I mean great like she is pretty much all of chapter seven so can I have some quotes oh uh, you know here's to my book come on okay there's lots of great tips and you know ideas and 
Yes, it's a it's it is uh, for men and women for women, not just for women. It's self help. It's yes. got tons of tips and tricks and hacks, and it's uh, woven in with a lot of memoir material and stories and anecdotes from my swing and single days and how you and I met and mm. um, your story, our story. It's it's a lot. It's it, it's I think there's something in it for everyone. There is. So without further ado, I think we should bring on the woman of the hour, or at least the woman of the next 30 minutes. Okay. I don't know if we, we uh, we're not going at full hour. We, we no, no, decided we're, that. We're doing less than that. That's not new, days. though. We decided last time we yeah, did is that we were going to. It's shorter. Make, shorter's better. Shorter. Yeah. Faster. Right. Um, at your service, my little enchilada. And we play a lot, if you have forgotten, a lot of really annoying sound effects. Mm. My my husband has is still ten years old, <laughs> and what does that mean? Okay, okay, that's that's enough. Okay, now when we get uh, to the gas, that's where okay. I draw the line. So I'm going to in- introduce our guest, Dr. Duana Welch. Uh, she's the original Love Factually author and coach, known for using social science to solve real life relationship issues. She has been a professor at universities in Florida, California, and Texas across 20 years and has contributed to NPR, PBS, Psychology Today, and numerous other outlets, podcasts, and videos, yay, including ours. Her first book, Love Factually, 10 Proven Steps from I Wish to I Do, is now out globally in five languages. Love Factually for Single Parents is the second book in the series, specially geared excuse me, specifically geared for finding the right partner, not only for readers, but their families. All Duena's books rely on science rather than opinion to help men and women find and keep the right partner. Done being single welcomes to the show, Duena Welch. Come on, on down, Duena. Ready for you. All right. Go ahead. I don't know where my... <laughs> Turn your video right on and there you go. There we Excellent. go. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Thank, really, Thank you for being on the pleasure. show. I'm so sorry about all the things that kept you from podcasting for so long. Um, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks a lot. It's, Thrilled to have it's, you. Um, you know, in a way, uh, this is cathartic. I guess to be able and a bit therapeutic to be able, you're you're a doctor, you're a scientist, you know, to be able to share, and talk about stuff and not feel ashamed of it or uh, have to hide it. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much an open book, but to have a, a podcast is an opportunity to share your pain, and right, yes, and not to feel alone. And I feel like we are now, you know, two years later, uh, even in a better position to provide comfort and support to people because so many people have gone through a really shitty time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, not not just me. Um, so anyway, um, I read your bio, but I feel like I want to hear it from you in terms of what you do and what makes you so great and why I love you and why I, I included you in my book because the title of the show um, right now is, are you, what's the title of the show? Are we, (laughs) are we hardwired to date a certain way? And you know what? I got to tell you, I wrote this book, um, from the point of view of a late bloomer and I am, and I'm also the point of view of someone, a woman in her late fifties who got married very late in life. And, 
and my husband is in his 60s. So we come to this whole so dating thing from another generation, right? And so, and I, and I make fun of me because I'm a church lady. And I'm from, I am from, I'm like a relic. Well, isn't that special? Sorry. And so I need you to help me out here because there are things that I feel that are just evergreen, that are eternally forever. And, and romance is, is one of those things. It just should not be touched. It shouldn't, I feel like in a way it's so precious and it's such an institution and we can't mess with it. But, you know, this, this generation is different. They're all about women making the first move and women Ooh. initiating contact and women asking men out on dates and women proposing marriage, which is, to, oh my God, that's horrifying. But enough of me, let's hear it from you. Please. Well, first of all, um, thank you so much for that very kind stand up. And I have to apologize for my voice. I, you know, now that I'm out in the world after having sheltered in place for what seems like a lifetime, I've got a cold. <laughs> So if anybody gets my audiobooks, I don't sound like this. I'm not that annoying. Um, I think it's sexy. It's, sec it's very sexy. It it's sexy. Good. Thank Just you. Thank you. I'm, try I, I'm trying hard okay. to be intellectual yet sexy. So thank you for noticing. Well, um, you're sexy just by virtue of your brain. So, <laughs> right. Well, my partner agrees with that. Thank okay. God. <laughs> you're hot, babe. You're hot. Okay, go ahead. Ah, so I have a new edition out of my book. This just came out in February 2022. And... Everything in the first edition, which you read and, and uh, quoted, and, and I can't wait to read your book. Uh, it's all true. Like none of that has changed, but there's more. Dating has changed, and you were just pointing that out and introducing me that human nature is what it is, but the way people are going about dating really has changed a lot. You pointed out some of the things women are doing today, and I've got to tell you, I've got a couple reactions. Number one is, I'm a feminist, which means I think women ought to have all the same rights, responsibilities, and income levels as men. It doesn't mean I think women are better, but I do believe we're equal. And you know, the world has not caught up with that view. There's a recent study that says that among heterosexual men and women of various ages, both men and women think men are more entitled to an orgasm than women are. I, what? I know. Excuse me. Um, Wow. Where are so, those guys? So uh, on the one hand, we're saying, well, women can ask men out and even propose marriage and all that stuff. And on the other hand, we're still not equal in bed. How, how does this make any sense? So um, I really want women to be able to do everything that men do. And we can. The problem is that we get punished for it in the realm of dating. And that's because I won't go as far as to say that our inherited mating psychology is hardwired. I wouldn't go so far as to say if birds have a hardwired way that they court each other. They do. They don't have a, they have a very short leash. Their behavior is more instinctual and they have to do the things that they do when they're courting. Humans also have a mating ritual, but our mating ritual has a much longer leash on it so that we can respond much more to context, such as uh, context in the Western world that say that women can ask men out. The, the issue comes about when we 
butt those modern contexts up against the fact, not fiction and not hypothesis, the fact that our mating psychology comes from a time that's well over 45,000 years old. It's very prehistoric. And so the things that women want, for example, they, the reason we want them is not just our modern context, it's our ancient context. We want somebody who can, can and will provide and protect, even if we've got a lot of money, even if we could hire security guards, we still want a partner who can do that for us. And it's why 80% of women everywhere in the world say that they've got to have a man who's at least six feet tall, even though a small percentage of men are six feet or taller. Somebody, somebody told me, well, six feet, that's not even tall enough. I want somebody six four. So I went and looked up what percentage of men are six four in the United States and North America. Do you know what percentage that is? No. One. One percent. That is the same percentage as the no, it's the same percentage as the percentage of Americans with schizophrenia. It's rare. So and in fact, it's half as frequent as the percentage of Americans with schizophrenia, because that's all Americans, it's 1%. It's only men who have 1% at 6'4". So when women value that, in other words, when they do things that are contrary to the modern context, it's shooting yourself in the foot and reloading. Women in the ancient past wanted the big man because there was lawlessness and we, rape was at its height. Physical violence was at its height and women needed that physical protection in a way that normally we don't need anymore in the Western world. So, so what I'm saying in part is our evolutionary heritage has in some ways prepared us for a world that doesn't exist anymore, but it is what it is. We have to shake a tail feather in the way that men respond to. Right because that's the human mating ritual. It's not just a game. Okay. So, so they, <clears throat> the human mating ritual. Yeah. Uh, do men uh, just inherently need to pursue hunt and chase? I mean, is that hardwired into men? And what happens when that is disturbed? Or that is no longer, is that always going to be the case? Do men, I, I, mean, I guess I should ask the man here. Uh-huh. How do you feel about women asserting themselves? Uh, it's, you know, I, I've been thinking about this since uh, I was reading your bio and thinking that some men are just like alpha males and want to be in control of situations and dating and <clears throat> being the aggressor, being the hunter, as is the norm for the past 45,000 years that you've been talking about. So, I mean, or it seems like that's the norm. So um, when somebody is uh, put in a position where somebody else is taking over that role, the man has to be comfortable with himself enough to say, okay, you can drive. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, 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 I'm all right with that. My concern would be, is that a dynamic shift that really can affect the relationship long-term because it, it just brings to uh, mind, can, can two 
controlling type people be masculine energy compatible that way. And it, I mean, I think that we are that way and I'm happy to let you take control, yeah. but it took you a long time to give up any control when we first met too. Okay. Well, yes, but the mating ritual as, as Dwayne is um, telling us about is, is set. It's sort of set. I mean, at least for people of our generation, I let you pursue me. Right, but as soon as I, I wanted, but, I, but as soon as I did, you were, in, you felt the need to control certain situations well, until that, you felt comfortable with me. Yeah, but that's just my own quirk. Anyway, Dwayne, I realized you know. that immediately, and I said, "Okay, I'll, 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 I'll go with this." Yeah, but for the most part, I, de I definitely subscribe to the man. The man should do the pursuing, and I guess that doesn't isn't really you know the case anymore, currently in today's modern dating culture. What say you? So evolution isn't done. We're still evolving. And in fact, recent genetic evidence shows that we're evolving faster and faster and faster. So evolution, it doesn't proceed at a constant rate. In other words, some aspects of the mating ritual are hardwired. Men prefer women with a 0.7 waist to hip ratio, a waist that is a third small, approximately a third smaller than the hips. This preference is so ingrained that you can have men who have been blind from birth feel silhouettes of women. And you just say, which one do you like the best? And they pick the same one that the men with vision pick. This, but most things aren't like that. Most things have some leeway. So. What I'm going to say about, I'm going to avoid should and just tell you what is. Men do not pursue every woman. They pursue a woman that they are interested in. And one reason it is to women's advantage. And I'm a strong woman. I mean, I've got three degrees. I have my own business. I make a lot of decisions in my own life. My partner loves my brain. I did not pursue him. It's, we're not talking about personality variables here. We're talking about a ritual of courtship. So you can be a really strong woman and a really accomplished woman. And the courtship ritual is still to the woman's advantage, not just the guy's advantage. So. Um, how this works is men tend to know that they want a woman because they're making effort. If they're not making an effort, they get confused and they don't know if they want her. Similarly, when, when women have sex very soon in a relationship, like first, second, third date, which is what's normal right now in the Western world, men's dopamine levels do not get time to rise. Men don't fall in love without dopamine. What this means is women's perception that men just don't want commitment, they're players, they, they're only about one thing. It's actually not accurate. Men are just as likely as women to want commitment, but they want it with the person that they pursued. So when women take away mm -hmm. men's pursuit, a lot of men who really actually want to fall in love don't. This is so true that there's a gay matchmaker out there. She's not gay. She matchmakes for gay men. 
she makes every man who signs on with her read my books. They have to read it and then they have to sign a contract that says they won't have sex until they're in love. And the reason for that is when you've got two men, there's no barrier to getting sex right away. There's nobody ever saying no. And so gay men have the same mating psychology as all men. They want someone that they pursue, but in a context where nobody is waiting, there's not any pursuit. It doesn't happen for long enough mm -hmm. for dopamine levels to rise. Mm -hmm. So what I tell my clients is, look, I'm a very liberal, very modern person. I am not telling you to do this because grandma said so, mm -hmm. or because your church said so. I am telling you, I'm a pragmatist. I do what works. And what works is waiting to have sexual intercourse mm -hmm. and orgasms until the man is in love. He's proven it through his words and his behavior, not just his words, behavior has to be there too. And he's asked you to be exclusive without you telling him he has to ask you. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, and it's not just sex, it's, it's effort. So for example, my sweetie and I live a couple hours apart, which means he has to drive a couple hours. And my clients will say, well, no man's going to drive two hours. I'm going to change that. Most men won't drive two hours, which is good. If you're not worth it to him, the relationship is a non-starter. He's not going to fall in love because you made all the effort. Think about every party you've been to ever and think about men who've married a woman. They never brag that she was easy to get. They never do. Right on. They never do. They say stuff like, well, she wasn't too sure about me at first. Then we really clicked. And you know, I, I, I moved heaven and earth to be with her. Um, I have a, my new book has a lot more stories from, from other people besides me. And one of the stories in there is about creating a tipping point so that players tip out. People who just want sex, they leave. But people who want a relationship with you tip in because they have to make an effort. Yeah. And so this man said, I, I asked for permission to include a story, but I always change some of the details so that they're not identifiable, even to their own mate. Right. And so I said, you know, he drove two hours to see her. And the reason he knew she was it for him is that every time he left, he felt sick to his stomach. The drive there was more than justified. It's how he knew he loved her. The drive away also was more than justified. It's also how he knew that he loved her. And he wrote back, so I sent him that section of the book. And I said, are you, are you cool with this? And he wrote back and said, this is perfect except for one thing. It was five hours. Oh my God. I, Good guy. I, like I said earlier, you know, I feel like I'm a relic. You know, I feel like I'm old-fashioned in a in a new modern dating landscape, and I don't I don't know if this advice um, 
I don't know about my advice anymore. I think it's solid. It's like yours. I feel the same way. I think I think there is something to be said for waiting and uh, taking things slow and not jumping into the sack and um, not being too easy. Uh, are you squirming? A little. Why are you? Are you are? Yeah. Why? I have an issue. Well, what is it? Uh, I think that and it uh, maybe I haven't read your book, so I'm excuse me for maybe being wrong about it. But if you make sex almost the or intercourse the prize after falling in love, are you doing something that actually should be part of the process of falling in love as opposed to waiting for it, waiting to be in love with someone before you go there? And that to me is what your contract that your associate put in with the uh, with with the gay men. I understand it, but I don't. I don't think it's realistic. I think that intercourse, sex, mutual pleasure is part of making sure that you do love this person or finding out that you are in love with that person, as opposed to waiting to feel love before you go there. So. I love what you just said because it allows me to make a point that I skipped over. Sexual intimacy is very important in relationships. It is very, very important. And sexual incompatibility is a big reason that couples in the past didn't work out and still can be a big reason. So, I want you to think back over, I'm not going to ask you to really tell me the answer here unless you want to, but I want everybody who's listening to think back on all the relationships you've had that became fully sexual. Notice I said fully. There's a wide range of sexual activity before penis and vagina. We don't have to do it all at once. You can actually take your time and enjoy every step. And I'm saying, wait for intercourse and orgasms until you're in love. I'm not saying to wait on everything else. You can tell whether you have chemistry and passion. And the question I want you to ask yourself is in relationships in the past, if the kissing was amazing, was the sex bad? Because mm. mm -hmm. I've never heard of kissing that was amazing and sex that was bad. Yeah. Oh, stop it. No, it's it's... Yeah, kissing is is a first step. Obviously, I think uh, that's the first step, and that may happen, you know, a date or two or three in, uh, and that's, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, and you may be overlooking uh, someone who is a okay kisser or a great kisser uh, to get to the next level whenever that happens. So I I I I, I agree. It's, I agree. There's a huge arc of what intimacy entails, uh, and but, it can be so much fun. Yeah. Yes. My partner and I are soon to be engaged. We're not engaged quite yet. Congratulations. But when we first got together, I follow all my own advice because it's not my advice. It's my conclusions based on a lot of science. So I know that I need to do this too. I don't ever ask anybody to do what I'm not willing to do. And there's not a calendar date by which you should have this particular amount of sexual activity. It's how genuinely intimate the two of you are and how bonded you are emotionally. It doesn't have to take a long time. It could be a couple months. So 
people go, oh, I can't do that. I'm not asking you to wait five years or one year even. But when Carrie and I first got together and we were first talking on the phone, when we met online, we were first talking on the phone, I was very straightforward with him that to me, sex is a big deal and that I prefer to wait until both people are in love and feel um, that they're ready to be exclusive. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I make everybody get a full sexually transmitted infection panel, a blood screen done. Um, the, one of the fastest growing groups of, of people getting STIs is people over 50 and especially over 60 because they believe they can't, mm -hmm. they can't get pregnant. So why, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm not willing to get an STI. So I said this knowing that I was creating a tipping point. A player will immediately stop dealing with you at that point. And I don't have time for that. I'm not it's into a that. Good, it's a good test. Good filter. Very it's good a test. Great, it's a great filter. So I said, in fact, my goal is to only ever hold hands with one more man ever again. Oh, you should see. We're, we're holding hands. Yeah, the two of you are great. I love seeing how the two of you are together. And... You should have seen we, us last I made, night. I made, oh God, I made Robbie wait a really long time to have sex. Just I, I last, thought I made you just wait. Just last week. <laughs> <laughs> Eight years I made him wait. Yeah. Uh, no. you, you are so right. I, I love what you say and how you think. And it's so, um, it's wonderfully old fashioned and, and yet really, as you said, relevant and practical. And again, and pragmatic. I want to be clear. No. When I, I was early 20s, I didn't date like this. Right. I, I don't think anybody I, did. I, I honestly, I mean, I, I think oh, that we're trying to find out what, who we are and who we are with others and what sex is about. And well, where I, I came from, people dated the old way. Yes. But then I left that place and I moved to a place where everybody was getting their PhD and we were, you know, we were more experimental in our lives than that. And I, I didn't date this way. And so I want to reemphasize, this isn't because I'm old fashioned. This is because it was what works and it was what feels right to my heart mm -hmm. and my way of being. It's not because somebody told me I had to be this way. It's because it was wor works. Yeah. And I don't mean it works to manipulate men to feel a certain way. Notice that men have the total freedom to feel however they feel. I didn't say you have to fall in love with me. I said, here's what I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't comfortable with it, he could leave. That's, that's, right. I didn't say it that way, but. No, but that's the empowered. And he stuck it out and some other people did leave. That's he the, is the only person I ever held hands with again. And when we held hands on our second date, we had planned to hold hands on that date. We really enjoyed every step of getting to know each other physically. We didn't rush in and it was so fun. And it was mutual, and it sounds like, which is so important. It has to be very mutual. Very much so. Again, it's not the case that men just want to hit it and quit it. Look, it is the case that men are more biologically primed to be willing to have sex very quickly and with more partners. That is a fact. And it's a fact everywhere in the world. Even if you ask people how many people they fantasize about having sex with, or uh, if you ask young people, how many people do you think you want to have sex with over the course of the rest of your life? men give much higher numbers than women give on these questions. So, you know, there is a biological aspect here, but 
men also want commitment. They want to fall in love. They want to become devoted to one person. They want to work for that person. Correct. You know, you think about making it to the final four in basketball. Right. My partner is a basketball fan. And if his team made it to the finals and the ref said to both teams at the very last game, you both made it all the way here. You know, I just don't think you should even have to play this game. I'm going to flip a coin yeah. and your heads and your tails and whoever gets, uh, if it flips your way, you won and you don't have to play the game. I'm just going to hand you the trophy. Well, he would feel ripped off by that. That wouldn't make his day. Men want to work mm-hmm. for what they have. Mm-hmm. They want to work for their car. Mm-hmm. They want to work for their house. They want to work for their degree. Mm-hmm. And they sure as hell want to work for their woman. Preach. So yes. don't take the chance away. Is women, women who believe that they want a hookup and that they want casual sex, three quarters of them, at least in one study, I don't know that many studies have been done, but the ones that I found, three quarters of women who want casual sex admit that they're taken in emotionally by it. They want it to be casual and it's not. Yeah. Three quarters of men say that when they have casual sex, it stays casual for them. Correct. So I just decided to stop fighting my own biology and all the data and do things the way that feels good to me, which is I feel happier in a sexual relationship that is a love relationship that is committed from both of us. And I don't mean... It had to be 100% we're getting married committed. I mean, we're in love. And, you know, going back to your point, Robbie, and it's a really important point. I also said to him, look, I get it if we reach the point that we're in love. And this, if the sex is terrible and we can't make it great, that's a deal killer. We're going to walk. Yeah. But I also get it that I've never met a fantastic kisser where the sex was bad. It just doesn't happen. So I think we're going to be able to work this out. And what is that? What are you pointing to? That you're as good in the, you're as good a, you know what I'm saying? No, say it. I want to hear it. He's saying you're a love God. You are. He's. Thank you. That's very He's the package. Thank you. And his package is the package. (laughs) Uh, No, he's a kisser and, you know, and more. He's a great kisser. It takes two. I, it takes two to be thank you. kissers. It's but not, I, it's not I, just I just want to say because I know we're coming to the end of this. Are we? Only if we want to. Okay. I, I just cannot. I, I implore people to really listen to what you're saying and uh, respect the forty-five thousand years of evolutionary uh, but I, I, science I, that that men, at the end of the day, men keep pursuing. Keep chasing, keep hunting. I'm not wrapping I, it up yet. So. Okay, I do believe that. Okay, I think that that Duane is right. That there is, it's it when you have to work for it. When it's too easy, it's not good. When it's too easy, right? Okay, right? So, so I I just want to interject that the reason why men probably want to go to bed with a woman early in a relationship is because. They want to kind of cut to the chase and find out is am I going compatible? to be happy there? Because that is very important. And the where you're placing the importance, 
it, it is, it could be a killer if it's not good. It, it would be a killer if it's not good. So the time wasted spending to fall in love with this person and then realize that their sex was bad could be, um, could, could make some people, men and women, feel like that was a time waster. It's almost like, how long do you communicate online before you meet somebody? That I, We're very strong proponents of meeting quickly if you connect with somebody online because you don't want to waste weeks or months communicating online only and then you finally meet and there's no chemistry. So Yeah, yeah you can't smell guys online. And right. for women, smell is a thing. And they can, women can assess a man's genetic appropriateness to be the father of their children by scent alone. Wow. That's They're not what... consciously aware of that, but that's one reason to meet quickly. Well, sm smell plays into a man's attraction as well. Yeah, there's, not there's... nearly as much as it happens, but but um, yeah, it's a thing. Well, this is... And so the, the whole sex thing, though, you can find out a lot sexually about a person before you have intercourse, a lot. There are many, many activities on the way there yeah. that can be engaged in and enjoyed. And you can tell whether, you know, the, the big thing that makes sex great is there's only one thing really that makes sex amazing. And I call it whatever that fuck it takes. You can delete that word if you want. If you okay. both have the I attitude, you're going to do whatever it takes in order to please the other person. It's going to work. Yeah, and I would say that um, if you've already established some feelings towards someone, if you're getting into the, the love thing, you're more likely to be able to um, overcome uh, and work through whatever sexual incompatibility. I may be wrong that, well, you know, if... And, and men work harder to please a woman that they love. Yes, I, I do not. There's there. this there's this thing now that people it's a belief that, well, we need to have sex first on our first date to establish chemistry, to establish something that there is something there. And then then let's go from there. No, I don't believe that. I and, think that's really backwards. Well, what I see a lot and what research has confirmed is women think that they will remain casual if there's not a good match in all the other ways that there needs to be a good match. Great sex isn't enough. It's necessary, but not sufficient. So women wind up getting deeply involved with men that they have no business being with. And men tend to remain detached because they, the dopamine didn't have time to rise. Mm -hmm. So both people actually get hurt. Men don't feel hurt by the loss of that potential relationship necessarily, but they feel hurt in the sense that they're just never falling in love with anyone and they want to. Women feel hurt because they fell in love with the wrong guy and a guy who never fell in love with them. I've spoken to women who are five, six, seven years into a relationship with a man that they're madly in love with who has never said that he loves her because he doesn't. That's the the idea that you have to have sex to assess sexual compatibility is bogus. Thank you. It is not true. Thank you. The idea that you are making taking a big risk waiting yes. for intercourse before you fall in love. It's not a big risk 
because it's not the case that you can't, people act like there's either on or off with sexuality. This is, this is a false dichotomy. It's simply not true. Yeah. You can tell from smelling somebody. You can tell from holding their hand. You can tell from kissing them. You can tell from touching their body and how they touch your body. You can tell from going down on them or being gone down. There's so much stuff that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's a process. I know what yeah, I know. It's going no, I'm, I'm not going there, but it's uh, well, because well, you've you've had some experiences with that. Well, oh, of course, some, but that uh, it, yes, uh, and, and that it was, was a de- and it was a deal killer, and a boner killer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not with me, of uh, course. Anyway, much of our audience, uh, I mean, yes, done being single incorporates uh, people that have never been married or are getting out of relationships that are 25, 30 years old right now, and they may have been in a loveless relationship for many of those years and have not had sex uh, to the degree that they want. Uh, So is the process the same for people that are in their mid-50s looking for a a relationship to, you know, hold off? Is, Is it the same as if you were in your 20s, 30s, do you find it? And is it advantageous or do you uh, advise people to, you know, accelerate it a little bit? You ask such good questions, Robbie. Oh, my gosh. Um, So Gray Divorce is the fastest growing group of of divorced people. People are divorcing at 50 and beyond. A big part of that is because people realize kids are grown. I didn't really have a connection with you. I married you because I was... 25 or 30 and it was time and I was afraid of not having kids. It wasn't really a love match. And they're bound and determined that this time it will be. And my, my partner and I had that talk on our first call. Now, I got divorced at, um, at 51. And um, so I know what you're talking about here. And I work with a lot of people of all ages, but I recently got someone partnered who's over 70 and another woman, that's a woman, and another woman happily partnered and getting married at 69. So I work with people. I work with teenagers. I work with everybody. Evolution doesn't have an off switch. It's not like a man reaches a certain age and he's like, go ahead and lay it on me, have sex with me. It doesn't matter. I'll fall in love with you. That doesn't change. Men continue wanting youth and beauty, even if a man doesn't want any children. You got yourself a smoking hottie, by the way, just saying. Don't I, though? Who? I'm very fortunate. You do? You. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Very much yes. so. It took I, a long time. Uh, uh, and I never, yeah. I, go ahead, sorry. I'm well, just... so, so evolution doesn't have an off switch. Women still want the committed, willing provider and protector even if the woman is a multimillionaire, they still want it. It never stops. So what I'm saying is, yes, I advise the exact same thing for people who are my age and older. And it works. It gives everybody a shot at what they really want, which is great sex and great companionship and someone with similar values and someone who likes doing the same stuff you do. Sex is not the only thing that's important in a relationship. 
when, when I met my partner on our very first phone call, he said he was looking for hell yes, that the reason he had been single so long, and by the way, he's 60 and also had a great divorce. He said, you know, I heard this talk about finances where they this guy was saying, you only have so much money to invest. So if there's any hesitation at all, don't invest it. This is hell yes or no. And then he heard some guy talk about relationships, about choosing a life partner, where he said, it's hell yes or no. If it's not hell yes, it's no. And Carrie told me, he said, that's how I'm looking at this. It's either hell yes or no. And he said, in fact, I take it a step further. It's fuck yes or no. Love it. And I hadn't, even though I've been doing the job that I do, helping people find love based on fact, not opinion, I had never really thought about it in those exact terms. And I said, you know what? That's what I'm doing too. And we are not settling. No. We did everything I'm talking about. We are not settling. My clients are not settling. Yeah. I'm not talking about accepting a lackluster sex life. I don't want anything about this relationship to be lackluster. And it doesn't have to be. You know, the beauty of science is it shows us what works for most people most of the time. But you it lets you hedge your bets. And the, the thing is, if you screen for compatibility in terms of your personality, your values, your ways, and you look for attraction as opposed to the sex is what we're gonna look for and then we're just gonna hope for everything else to be there. Look, you can fall in love with somebody who's dead wrong for you. It happens every day. The process I'm talking about lets you fall in love first with somebody who is right for you. Mm -hmm. The other thing is sex is not like this binary thing where it's either great or it's not. It's something that if you love somebody and you're on the same page, and again, if you're with somebody who you can tell they don't really like kissing or they're willing to go down, but you can tell they don't like it, or you can tell that they think being physically intimate is kind of icky because there are people who feel that way. You can tell that their passion doesn't match yours. You can tell that earlier than. Mm -hmm. And that may be because yeah. of their past references that they, they don't have uh, a good example of what uh, a good experience is, whatever, whatever those are. And so you and some people just aren't into it. So and they can find somebody who's just not into it. Right. And they can have a wonderful life together. I have a good friend who was married for many years until death parted them to a man she adored. They had sex twice. And that was fine with both of them. That wouldn't work for me unless it's twice this week. <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any tips for women and men that may, uh, for, for men that may encounter a woman who is a little more controlling than they're used to and a tip for a woman to not express that type of control too soon to turn off a guy that may not be ready to accept that. So 
Okay, so I believe in waiting to get fully sexual, but I do not be believe in hiding hiding your personality at all. Okay. If a woman is no, I'm very talking forceful, yeah, I'm not talking sex. I'm talking just exactly. When you, when I, I understand what you're talking about. You're talking about a way of being in life. Yes. Don't hide that. Okay. Be who you are all the time. Um. I will say you need to reveal details of your life slowly because you don't want somebody you're never going to see again to have your whole life story. That feels really gross. And also because the best partnerships are made where at least one person has what's called a secure attachment style and secure attachers reveal who they are. They, they're very genuine in how they present themselves, but they don't tell you their whole life story right up front. And that's a good thing. It keeps people emotionally safe. We talk a lot about physically safe sex. I want people to have an emotionally safe relationship. So if you're a very forthright person, I'm not gonna call it controlling. I'm gonna call it being forthright. If you're a very forthright person, as I am, be forthright from the very start. Does that include asking guys out? No, that's the human mating ritual. Okay. I'm talking about if you know you like a certain kind of movie, don't go, oh, I don't know, you decide. If he says, what kind of movie do you like? Tell him. But I agree there. No, okay. don't ask him out because that's taking his job. Remember, men want to do their job. They want to pursue the woman that they want. But I think before you can get there, I have to agree with Treva here. The dating ritual, I think, is the first step. And that's the first step you're going to encounter that forthrightness in somebody of who they are. That could be a turnoff to some guys that are not comfortable in that dynamic or a woman that is not comfortable. So I think we're talking semantics here, okay. Robbie, because... I am not talking about a woman asking the guy out, saying where they have to go, meeting him halfway, driving to pick him up. Not what I'm talking about. Men have the right of, have the prerogative of pursuit. Women have the right of refusal. I am talking about women not hiding their personality. Example from my own life. On the first phone call, I told Carrie my thoughts about when sex is appropriate for me. That is not withholding. I was completely upfront about that. I didn't ask him out. I didn't call him, but I did say, look, find that things don't go well when I'm the one doing the courting and pursuing, so I never do it anymore. If you want to call me, I like you. I'd like to hear from you again. Notice I am not being shy. I'm not being coy. I'm not playing a game with him. I'm saying what I want, but I'm not doing his job for him. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Okay. I feel like this new edition of my book does a much better job. I so prefer this edition. It not only has a bunch of new science in it, but it does a much better job of explaining in detail the distinction between being hard to get and playing games. Yes. On the one hand, and being high status and following the human mating ritual on the other. I am in favor of the latter approach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. But women should never play dumb. No. 
They should never play coy games. Never play at being anyone they're not. Right. Go ahead and tell the guy, I don't chase men. If you want me, come and get me. And if I like what you're doing, I'll say so. I'm not going to let you chase me for months and hide whether I like you. Yes. You're my kind of gal. Thank you. You're yes. mine too. I feel like we're making you talk a lot. And my your poor thing. Voice is I'm not, so sorry. No, she sounds voice great. Is not cooperating. You're so I hope smart. You can stand listening to this. You know, normally I would be doing all the talking because I do anyway. But you're you're really smart, and um, I want you, I want you to talk a bunch. Are we ready to wrap? Yes. Okay, mm, let's so wrap it up. What a great time, though. Thank you for getting us really back into this. Love factually. Hold the book up again, and let's. Yeah. Where, where you can you can get find it? Find it. Love factually. It's got a. The new edition has a magnifying glass of our heart because we are taking a close look at what love really is. And it's available where? Really, you can ask for it anywhere. You can ask your librarian to get a copy. You know, all the libraries have budgets to buy new books. You can ask any bookstore to get it. They'll get it. Okay. And you can get it, of course, on the Zon. Mm -hmm. Zon. Um, you can see a lot of free content at the, my landing page for the book, and you can also see how to email me or or talk to me about getting coaching. All that is at love factually, love factually with an F dot CO. Okay. Very good. Uh, Duana, thank you so much. I mean, you you brought it, you you got us back into this. Seriously, you were the first person I thought of. I'm and honored. I, and thank you. I'm honored. I really appreciate that after you had to take a long hiatus which was which was a shame um, that you chose to invite me back first and or invite me to, for the yeah. first time on your show. It's, it's an honor and a privilege. And uh, as you can tell, even when my voice is not wanting to cooperate, I'm really passionate about this. No, you are. You know, finding love, your choice of partner determines your health, your yes. wealth, Yes. your longevity and your yes. happiness more than any other choice will ever make yes. any choice. And I'm completely passionate about I, people getting what they need. And, and it doesn't have to be a crapshoot. That's why I wrote the books. It's why I coach people. Yes. Uh, and I would say we are living proof of that. Um, during the darkest days of the last couple of years, Robbie could not have been more wonderful. I, I, I mean, we got through some tough times together. And uh, it was sometimes really, really testing, you know. Um, and he's the—he's just such a great. You're such a Thank great you, well, guy. You helped I, me too. So anyway, um, so thank you. Now let's talk about us a little <laughs> bit more. Subscribe to our show. Make it easy for us. Make it easy for you to find us. Don't make us chase you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make us hunt you down. You can find us. I think. At wherever you get your podcasts and you could go to to uh, dunbeansingle.com where all of our shows are archived and you can sign up there and we have a youtube channel and our youtube channel and then finally me at trevabrandonsharf.com uh, you can learn more about me and my coaching services and read all my blogs and that's kind of it right did we cover Sounds it good. all? I think we did. Did we do it? I think we Are did. Are we fun. back? We're, we're back. Holy shit. What? Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Where's Thank our you, theme Donna. song? 
uh, it's it'll be there when we. I finish. miss our, I miss the theme song. Well, it's it's. Can it's we there. play a little right now? Sure. Let's see if we got let's something. Let's go uh, out of, to uh, go out. What do they call it? I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. Yeah. Haven't heard that in a year. Woo. Okay. Nothing more than okay, that. thanks everybody. See everybody on uh, I don't soon. know, maybe next week. Very Depends soon. how we're feeling. I think we'll be good. Feel good though, right? Thank you, Duena. Thank the two of you. You're a delight to to do a podcast with. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Oh, you say that to all the podcasters. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs> <laughs>